Sometimes you just got a problem for every solution. What an irritating cycle. Practical problems or thinking problems, they nosedive you into sabotage. Dr. Cashy advises the exchange of some rigid demands for rational priorities. Otherwise, practical problems and thinking problems reinforce each other. Let's talk about it. Roll the intro! Welcome to <laughs> Coffee with Cashy, the Invisible Straw. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. Mm-hmm. Today's episode is the semi-updated and otherwise revised revision of a rant. Gosh, nearly 30 episodes back now. Splitting her up, getting a little bit deeper to make sure that all the terms are better defined and we can set everything up for greater success in the next episode. Okay, this is about that person with a problem for every solution and a surprising way to fix it. Hmm? Surprising way to fix it. You know that pesky issue of creating more more problems instead of solving the ones you got? It's a great distraction technique, right? (laughs) Get everything in order here. All right, I do got to tell you though, the whiteboard of wisdom is on vacation, but it's okay. We have some delicious cold brew instead. Here's what you're learning. You're learning what a problem is and the two different types of problems. That rigid demands, like demanding the microphone is in the right spot, it causes disasterfying or disasterfication, TM. More problems with the problems you got. Rational priorities open up solutions and a path to resolution. And last, definitely most important part is a framework to turn your rigid demands into flexible preferences and rational priorities. Mm. So drop a hashtag demanding in the comments if you have ever put a rigid and ridiculous demand on yourself or someone else and it's led to some crazy disasterfication causing even more problems. Throw it out there. <laughs> Little background, time for some, some big mouthed semantics here we have a problem, which is being blocked from something you want. That's about it. I think that's the best way to operationalize problem. A solution, a rational method, a process, or means, action, of freeing yourself from a problem, the thing blocking you from what you want. And then there's a resolution, the final draft of what you decide to do about the problem with the solution you made. The second two, the last two, will get a little more attention on the next episode. There are two types of problems. There are practical problems. Clothes are too big or too small. Having low cooking skills, making dubious guesses when you could be measuring with a calibrated instrument. There are thinking problems. Anxiety and impulsiveness and self-downing around food and eating, as well as rigid and harmful demands on yourself to look, act, eat, and weigh a specific amount. Thinking problems and practical problems consistently interact with and reinforce each other. Mm. For instance, if your clothes feel ill-fitting and gross, then this is a practical problem. If you anchor that to sabotaging thoughts about food and eating, self-downing about your weight, and a negative outlook you have on yourself as a person, then you've got a thinking problem interacting with and reinforcing your practical problem. 
technical terms here. A person thinking they're a failure, thinking problem, because they goofed up on their diet, practical problem. This thinking problem is proven true by distracting themselves, self-sabotage, from their thinking problems, which are essentially failure or guilt, by virtue of creating more practical problems, distraction via overeating or drinking, etc. Staying up too late, binge watching, you know. Done enough times, this continuously reinforces the truth of being mentally weak and ultimately failing every time. This situation is translated to literally any recurring practical behavior problem. Being laid off, thinking you're useless, therefore feeling like too much of a failure to look for a job. It must be true. Having a breakup and feeling socially and romantically defective, therefore adopting behaviors of people that are bad at relationships. Therefore, it must be true. Getting out of shape and then thinking you're too out of shape to do in shape stuff. Therefore, adopting the behaviors of an out-of-shape person. And it must be true. This algorithmic adoption of self-sabotaging behaviors is the result of disasterifying. A violated expectation. Even if it's rigid and harmful and ridiculous expectation, when you violate it, it's a disaster. Especially when it's a rigid and harmful and ridiculous expectation, it's a disaster. Ridiculous demands justify and encourage your deflated self-worth while simultaneously proving the need for the rigid demands on yourself. If you have to be fit and you're anything else, you must be a slob and then act like it. Needing amazing relationships means anything else and you must be defective and then act like it. And when you act like it, it reinforces the need for the ridiculous demand. If I act like this, then I must be like that. But when I, when I must be like this, then I act this way and it's just like, it's awful. You should always be moving up the career ladder and being in the same position too long or heaven forbid, even losing your job proves you must be a bum. And then you act possibly like a bum, which then reinforces the, the ridiculous demand that you should always be moving up the career ladder, right? You prove a self-sabotaging thought process correct. In other words, at the very real risk of triggering you, this is literally speaking learned victimization, a rationalized victimhood. A logical thought process, a very logical thought process predicated on a crooked belief system. A singular issue is made into a massive and sustained issue by integrating counterproductive strategies. Maladaptive strategies, self-destructive strategies, impulsive strategies, you know, pick your poison here. Sometimes accidentally, many times purposefully. Once, once the state of the victimhood is rationalized, it's integrated enough times and thus becomes integrated, it is now learned and the destructive behavior strategy becomes purposeful. Purposeful can mean multiple things. You know this will hurt you and you do it anyway. This helps you now even though it hurts you later or selectively forgetting that later will eventually become now. When it comes to solving problems generating stress, there are two main approaches based on the two types of problems. There is resolution creation focusing on the practical problem. There is resolution creation focusing on the thinking problem. If you have a flat tire, it's straightforward, a practical problem with a behavioral, albeit potentially frustrating solution. If you're chronically disappointed, feeling useless and eternally frustrated, then this is when a problem feels impossible to solve. 
thinking problem. After all, if a problem is impossible to solve, then it makes sense to try and figure out ways in the old noggin, thinking your way through it, cognitively deal with it. And this is where things get sticky. Addressing the thinking problem first is vital. However, it is one step toward a solution. Once the thinking problem is addressed, then it paves the path to solving the practical problem. So this episode is focused more on addressing that thinking problem, the demands. It's exceedingly simple and easy to create problems. <laughs> I'm sure you know this and have experienced that firsthand, especially when presented with solutions. In fact, the more solutions you present, the more problems you can create. It's fabulous. It's super, tons of entertainment value there. Looking back, I suppose, right? Maybe. The more solutions are available, the more problems you can create for them. Even though there's an infinite number of problems you can create, you can see them quite conveniently stemming from one place. Rigid demands. Rigid, ridiculous, and impulsive demands. Rigid demands are easy to find, easy to find because of two main factors. One is that they have strong and absolute language, and two, they're frequently connected to disasterifying. <laughs> so when it comes to strong and absolute language about how you must be as a person, how the world should work, and how other people need to act, and what they need to do, they generally, your rigid demands, consist of shoulds, musts, needs, and have tos, right? The tyranny of the shoulds. Dr. Karen Horney, I think it was. Two, they are so frequently connected to disasterifying. When something is absolutely horrible or terrible or awful or a disaster or catastrophic, and you generally have, as Dr. Ellis calls it, can't stand it-itis. Can't stand it-itis. If you see one, you'll find the other. So here's T. Can's antidote to this cognitive poison, this thought toxin, if you will. Identify the rigid demands of disasterifying. <laughs> Once you've done that, then a lot of stuff tends to fall into place. If your belief system is simultaneously crooked and rigid, then even if you act straight, the end result will always be off. Remember a few back to the episode where we, where we, spoke, about the <laughs> where we spoke about the rocket ship. The rocket ship can shoot straight up. Like that's what it's programmed to do is shoot straight up. And if the platform it's taken off from is crooked, even when it shoots straight in relation to the platform, you go way off into the not area you want to go, <laughs> even though you're acting logically. The crooked belief system leads to a crooked result even with logical actions. So just remember that, again, even if you're acting straight, if the result is off, then it's probably a crooked belief system stemming from a rigid or impulsive demand on yourself or other people or the world should, must, have to's, needs. Look for that. It's okay for things to suck. It's also okay for things to suck because things do suck. <laughs> the vast suckitude will continue sucking if you choose to ignore it or you choose to dwell on it. Therefore, it is only when you respect the suck, truly acknowledging its existence, that you can focus on changing it. Translated, it's about the what, how, and the when. What's really causing the suck? the impulsive, rigid, and dogmatic demands. How exactly is the suck upsetting you? Well, it's the disasterifying that results from falling short of the impulsive, rigid, and dogmatic demands. Now, when you're upset, describe 
the self-sabotaging action tendencies, action tendencies, these are like urges, the urges to do something that you know is foolish. <laughs> and then think one step ahead of how does doing that foolish thing prove this negative self-evaluation and therefore justifying the need for the impulsive rigid and dogmatic demands. I can't stand looking like this. I must be fitter or else I'm doomed to be a worthless cave troll. That would be a rigid and impulsive and dogmatic demand. You can't stand it. You must be this way or else you are doomed and worthless. That is disasterfication embodied. <laughs> you have rigid demand connected to a disaster. If, if this ridiculous thing, if, if, if the, my result is anything other than this ridiculous thing, then insert disaster here. You can change that to a more flexible preference connected to a rational priority. Okay, I can stand this. I can stand this because I do. <laughs> the world still turns. I'm still useful. I also prioritize being fitter. <laughs> Which one sets you up to achieve? Which one sets you up to fail? So here's what you've learned. A few fun vocab words, right? Problem, solution, resolution. Really that rigid demands are what lead to disasters and flexible preferences are what lead to rational priorities. And then a reasonable method of turning your rigid demands into flexible preferences and rational priorities. If you've made it this far, then drop, drop a hashtag demanding in the comments if you've put a rigid and ridiculous demand on yourself or others and it's led to disasterifying and you've seen it firsthand, and they're causing even more problems. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Kashi? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Kashi is out! <laughs>